Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So great, great that you're spending time with us here on March 1st. March has finally arrived. And we've got a lot to discuss with this Duke men's basketball team. They won last night against NC State, 71-67, the final score in favor of the Duke Blue Devils, who go unbeaten at home inside Cameron Indoor Stadium for the first time since 2014. We discuss all of that here on today's show. If you haven't done so already, Locked On Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. We encourage you to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Also watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button as well. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Joining me here on today's show, my very good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, I definitely want to talk about last night's game against NC State, but let's just start big picture first. The idea that for the first time since 2014 and in John Shire's first season as a head coach, Duke goes unbeaten at home. What say you? What do you think about this? Well, it it certainly is a a good milestone and a good feat to achieve, especially for a head coach in his first season with a team that has had a lot of ups and downs. And credit to them that they haven't really had those downs at home. So you certainly tip your cap to them on that. Um, We were talking off air just a little bit. Felt like that NC State game was kind of reminiscent of your Notre Dame and Wake Forest home games, but they made enough plays in the beginning to have those comfortable leads, and then they made enough plays in the end to hang on. So you give credit. Nice. It was a nice win against NC State, but the overall bigger picture of this home season, I mean, you, you can't draw it up much better going undefeated. I mean, my goodness, Kevin, you think back on the season, uh, you know, Miami is a game that that Duke obviously was not competitive at all at Miami, but they did beat the uh, the, uh, Hurricanes at home by two, a two-point win for Duke. And that one, they had to play the ACC Big Ten Challenge at home this season, so they brought Ohio State to Cameron Indoor. Like, every test along the way, when Duke was the home team, they found a way to win it. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at especially those Miami and NC State games where it's like couldn't be more polar opposites of road games and home games. Yeah. So it's good to see that bounce back. It's good to see, like you said in in your open, that it feels like they're playing their best basketball this season at the perfect time. It feels like these past two, two and a half weeks, they've been rolling, they've been clicking, and everything's really been coming together at once. A five-game winning streak now for Duke. Everyone would argue it should be six-game winning streak, but we'll leave that Charlottesville conversation with the Road Virginia game for another day. Nonetheless, they are, in fact, playing their best brand of basketball. However, the great basketball that we've seen as of late does include three games at home, and we know, of course, come tournament time, Duke will be playing at a neutral site, and they won't have all of the Cameron crazies around them. The Brotherhood brand travels all across the country, nationwide. It's global, but there's nothing like being inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned should be six games because of that Virginia loss. And that loss is like, it's really hurting them in the ACC standings, trying to get that fourth overall uh, seed to get the double buy into the quarterfinals. 
Um, if they had that win, I mean, they're, they're there right now. Um, and also hurting them would have been a top 10 quad one win on the road. So an NCAA tournament seating, it could be hurting them as well. Now, I don't know how much the committee will play a factor into that, that they should have won or should have had a chance to win. Obviously, it doesn't matter in the ACC tournament because it goes by record. But, yeah, I mean, you, you go on neutral sites, basically, or well, one road game and neutral sites from here on out. So um, this team, it's been neutral sites haven't been that bad. I mean, just that one really ugly loss against Purdue, but Purdue turned out to be one of the best teams in the country uh, looking back at it. So hopefully you can get one more uh, nice road win and head into the postseason on a high note um, on Saturday in Chapel Hill. Playing the best basketball this time of year is something that's so paramount for so many people. We'll get into more of the individual performances from last night's game against NC State coming up in the second segment of the show here today. But uh, just big picture talking about March Madness. We always know that the guard play is what separates the championship teams year in, year out. And let's talk about that lead guard for Duke. Let's talk about the captain and Jeremy Roach, who had his fifth 20-point game of the season last night and really was the uh, the focal point for Duke in the win and has been in this recent winning streak. Yeah, it really felt like this is what we've been waiting for since he announced he was returning last year. Was You were expecting the Jeremy Roach that you saw in the NCAA tournament really to just carry over to, to day one of his junior year. And uh, you saw that a little bit, um, and then he got that injury I believe it was, I think it was against Purdue where he had that toe injury and wasn't really practicing, but he was playing games and then he was out and then he was back and then he was out, yada, yada, yada. But now he looks healthy, he looks confident, and he finally looks like the leader we had all expected coming into the season. And that's really, excuse me, that's really what Duke needs because they have that leader, they have that scorer who can score off the dribble, he can score from outside, he can score inside, he can score in the mid-range, and he's a good defender. So pair him, and then also you look at the freshman and Tyrese Proctor, who's also coming into his own, the backcourt really clicking for the Blue Devils right now. You absolutely love to see it. This is the time of year that we want to see the backcourt clicking, and that has been the case for Duke here right now. Let's talk about the game in particular last night, the victory over NC State. Four players were in double figures for the Blue Devils. We already told you that Jeremy Roach had his fifth 20-point game of the season. But who else was in double figures? We'll tell you that information after our first time out here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports betting app in America. I don't recommend any other one out there. As we have officially reached the midway point of the NBA season, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. We're getting closer to playoff time, and new customers get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your chance again. The no sweat first bet. Locked on Blue Devils here by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on for the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, if you will, my friend, tell me a little bit about Ball Durham. What kind of coverage you have right now? 
Well, we got basically wall-to-wall basketball coverage. Women's ACC tournament starting up this week. You got the men closing out the regular season in Carolina on Saturday and then going into the ACC tournament next week. So really, really got wall-to-wall basketball coverage over at Ball Durham. Check us out, balldurham.com, and follow us at ball underscore Durham on Twitter. We're getting ready for the tournament. We've got tournament seating coming up here shortly, of course, that we will be following what Duke did last night. Duke officially clinched a top five seed in the ACC. They cannot. doesn't matter if they lose to North Carolina. It doesn't matter any other combination of wins and losses results in the games played on Saturday. Duke cannot finish worse than fifth in the ACC. Of course, you want to be top four, so you get the double bye in the ACC tournament. Duke can finish as high as second. Of course, that has to include a win over North Carolina on Saturday, and a couple of other combinations would go into place. But, Kevin, we now know that Duke is going to be in that two to five range. It's a really good feeling knowing that they can't finish worse than fifth. Yeah, absolutely. And you obviously want to get into that top four to get that double buy into the quarterfinals. Um, One game I didn't mention, which I should, aside from the Virginia game, is like really that Clemson game. That, that Clemson game you look back on, they, they really had a chance to win, couldn't score late. Obviously, they were going through some things at that time, but especially with Clemson, you're, you're deadlocked with them in the standings in terms of the loss column. They were only ahead of you because of that tiebreaker. Feels like that game against Clemson was a heartbreaker too. But yeah, it, it's got to feel good that you're a top five team in the ACC, although a lot of people say it was a down ACC this year. People said it was a down ACC last year and what they had half the Elite Eight field or something like that and two teams in the Final Four. Um, so you never know what could happen uh, when March rolls around. Last week, Kevin, you talked about the fact that uh, for the first time in the midweek, we saw Coach Shire really, really limit the bench, only playing eight total players. That was the story again last night against NC State. Just eight guys saw the floor. We mentioned four players in double figures. That was Jeremy Roach leading the way with 20. Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell had 12 each, and then Kyle Filipowski had an 11.14 rebound game. Filipowski was 2 of 11 from the floor, so not efficient by any stretch of the imagination, but another double-double for the ACC freshman of the year frontrunner. So of those four guys in double figures, who stood out to you the most last night? Well, I think it was Roach just because of that 20-point performance. But one thing that I'll talk about just in terms of of the team as as a collective unit, and I don't want to say this is a game we've been waiting for because, I mean, they did shoot two of 19 from the field, from three-point range, I should say, but I feel like that's a good thing. Like, this team shot two of 19 from three-point range, but they still found a way to win, and they found a way to win with aggressiveness and getting to the basket and getting fouled and getting to the free throw line. And once they got to the free throw line, they knocked down those shots going 23 of 29. So certainly you could look at the negatives uh, from the three-point shooting as Duke has been pretty good in the past couple weeks um, shooting from distance, and obviously that wasn't the case tonight. But you shoot two of 19 from three-point range, yet you're still around 42% from the game, and you still win a game 71-68 because you got to the free throw line 29 times. Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated brought this up last week, talking about Duke being 10-1 and this season. A 10-1 and record for Duke when Mark Mitchell scores in double figures. He scored in double figures over the weekend in Saturday's game to make that 11-1. and And then, as we mentioned, he had 12 points again last night. So Duke 12-1 and this season when Mark Mitchell scores in double figures. 
That's interesting to me, Kevin, and I think that's going to matter come March. Absolutely, and I think he's a big X factor coming into March because it feels like, like you said, when he plays well, Duke plays well, and it feels like he's been playing really well over this hot stretch of five games in a row. Um, and again, you're seeing him being efficient, three of six from, from the field, five of six from the free throw line. Um, he has shown that he can hit the three, uh, one of three from distance tonight. It doesn't take, a, it feels like it doesn't take a lot of them, but when he does, he typically shoots a high percentage. So again, it feels like Mark Mitchell, he's going to be a major X factor going into the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. You know, I really was concerned about the two of 19 from three. Because, you know, you really – I mean, you want to make more than that. That's mm. terrible. That's 10% uh, as uh, Duke shooting numbers there from the outside. But you're right, Kevin. The fact that they won, they walked away from a basketball game where they shot two of 19 from three-point range in a conference game against an NC State team who's been top six all season long in the conference there are definitely positive ways to look at that, finding other ways to win when that shot from the outside isn't falling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is this is the big one, just getting to the free throw line and making your free throws. I think one thing you have to tip your hat, Duke only turned the ball over 10 times. I think that that that's a positive. Um, the assist numbers really weren't yeah. there tonight as they have been in the previous four games. It felt like nearly every made field goal was coming off of assist tonight. Only six assists on 23 made field goals. So certainly they didn't play their best game tonight, but still found a way to win. That's what it takes. You got to find a way to win the basketball game, and they were able to do that. Duke is now 22-8 and eight overall on the season. And again, they uh, cannot finish worse than fifth in the ACC. Uh, so looking at the home games, again, a perfect record. First time since 2014 that Duke has gone unbeaten at Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's a long time. That, that, and that's also like, that's a Zion Williamson team in there. That's a national championship team that didn't even go unbeaten inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Like, that's a big feat that they were able to do that this season. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like in past years, um, like there was always like that swoon where they'd lose a game at home yeah. to, to an inferior team. And you're like, how did they lose that game at home against this team? And it just really didn't happen this year. Now, it certainly felt like it could have happened in disastrous ways, like the game against NC State last night and then the two games I mentioned against um, Notre Dame and Wake Forest. But it, it didn't happen. And and obviously, again, people say down ACC, but you still beat Carolina at home. Ohio State, when they were playing well, you beat them at home. So Miami. So you, the you, ACC. Beat Miami <laughs> you beat Miami at home. You beat Pittsburgh, who might win the ACC regular season at home. So certainly there have been good teams that have come into Cameron Indoor Stadium this year and, and Duke has beaten them. So it's certainly a, a good feat to accomplish. You take a look at bracketology right now, uh, Duke kind of in the, the I would say, five to eight range seed wide. Is that kind of what you're gauging for the NCAA tournament, Kevin? Absolutely. I, I think it could go up with a run in, in Greensboro and then a run um, – I guess only a run in Greensboro because not <laughs> a run in the NCAA tournament is not going to help your seating. But um, we'd I, like to see one of those, though. Let's yeah, make that happen. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think in the ACC tournament, um, in order to improve seating, obviously, I guess you always want the path of least resistance to try and get to the title game. But if you really want to bump up your seating to a, to a three or four um, line, you're going to have to take down Virginia or Miami. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh – 
yeah, they might be number one, but I don't know if Pittsburgh scares me as much. And maybe they should. I mean, Jeff Capel does have them playing good basketball, and they are inside the top 25 right now. Um, but it, it certainly feels like if if you're the five, I guess you wouldn't technically have to go through um, Virginia or Miami because they'd be on their side of the bracket in the two, three uh, seedings. Um, but it, it feels like if you want to get that extra boost in terms of where your seating is for on selection Sunday, you probably do have to go through. Um, you want to go through Virginia or Miami. Locked on Blue Devils here today. JJ Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Super excited for what this Duke team can do. They're playing their best basketball at the right time of the year. We want to see this carry over into the ACC tournament and obviously into the NCAA tournament. It matters because championships are won. Here we are in the month of March, and this is the time that you can win those championships. And when you're a team like Duke and you've got so many young players that are looking to make contributions, you've got great you know, threats from the outside, uh, although the shooting numbers haven't been there as late, uh, and then also the interior presence, the offensive rebounding rate for Duke, being able to put all of that together at this time of year, I, I think could pay dividends for what this team is trying to accomplish. Absolutely. At the end of the day, they're Duke. They, they, I mean, this is a big brand going into the big dance. And, and I think you're, you're starting to see, although Kyle Filipowski's shooting numbers tonight don't reflect it, but Filipowski and Derek Lively starting to mesh well together on the floor as two seven-footers, kind of polar opposite games, but they can they both – really occupy a lot of space down in the paint, especially defensively with the 26 combined rebounds against NC State. I think that those two those two playing well together on the floor is going to determine how far this Duke team goes outside of the guard play and the three-point shooting and everything else. And Mark Mitchell being the X factor yeah. and can Shire handle the first tournament as a head coach. You're right. It is in everything yeah. else because uh, there's, a, there's a good bit of unknowns and everything has to kind of align correctly. Um, and that sort of thing. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up on Saturday, Kevin. One game left in the regular season. It's significant. It means a lot. It's senior day for North Carolina. It's senior day for a player like Armando Baycott. It's a second senior day for a player like Leaky Black, who used his COVID-19 year of eligibility to play another year of college basketball. You want to go in there and kind of spoil it for those Tar Heels. And then, of course, it's just the greatest rivalry in the sport. And we know how much we cherish those wins in the Dean Dome. Duke did beat the Tar Heels last year in the Dean Dome. Coach K's last trip to the Dean Smith Center was victorious. So another big one coming up on Saturday. And all that aside, this is a game that's vastly more important for North Carolina than it is for Duke. Like North Carolina basically needs to win this game to get into the NCAA tournament, barring a spin-out in the ACC tournament. I don't know their seeding or who they would play or whatever. But, I mean, big win for them last week at home against Virginia. They were able to keep Florida State at bay, which isn't a good win because just Florida State, they're just not that good this year. Like, a loss would have been catastrophic for them. That's a game right. where where a win a win does nothing and a loss ends your season. But it just – it feels like – and bracketologists say they don't look at the name on the front of the jersey, but if you look at the name on the front of the jersey and you see North Carolina, you're, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. And if North Carolina can pick up a quad one victory against Duke, which I think would be their second quad one win of the season, um, and then win a game or two in the ACC tournament, I think that would get them into the NCAA tournament. But it all starts. Tar Heels desperately need this game against Duke uh, on Saturday night. 
And matching up with Baycott is going to be another big storyline in this one. We want to talk about the guards. We talked about them a lot going into the first meeting uh, with Caleb Love and um, R.J. Davis again. But I think it goes back to Armando Baycott and can Dukes Biggs and Lively and Filipowski be efficient once again because Lively had such a monstrous game the first time around. He did, but you look like Derek Lively, what do you have? Almost a double-double with blocks. I forget yeah. his actual numbers. So so Lively played well, and certainly uh, Baycott did get his numbers, but it just didn't feel like he played well, didn't have a shot, and I think the final 12 minutes of that game. So it feels like North Carolina incorporating him a little bit more uh, as the season comes down the stretch, which I think they do need to do because he is one of the best players in the country. Um, but certainly will be another test for Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski. Big win for Duke over NC State, and we're hoping for a big win for Duke over North Carolina coming up on Saturday at the Dean Dome. Kevin, one more time, tell me about Ball Durham, and uh, tell me where folks can find your work. So Ball Durham, basically, it's now March. We have all the ball basketball coverage, men's basketball, women's basketball. Um, You want it, we got it. And as you can find us, balldurham.com, and then you can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Appreciate the time as always, Kevin. We'll talk again next week, okay? Thanks, JJ. Appreciate it. That's my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us here on the program today. Again, if you haven't done so already, please take a moment to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Watch our show on YouTube each and every day. Subscribe on the YouTube platform as well. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.